The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I'm Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana. Rocky, the Kansas City Chiefs are once again the AFC West champions. Sixth consecutive season, sixth consecutive record-breaking season for the Kansas City Chiefs atop the AFC West. They have clinched a playoff spot with their eighth consecutive win. Total domination from start to finish over the Pittsburgh Steelers. They win this thing 36 to 10. And I think there's a case, Rocky, that without Travis Kelsey being shorthanded, dealing with the COVID outbreak all week long and trying to navigate Christmas and all of that stuff, the Chiefs came into this game and I think it was legitimately their most complete offensive performance of the season. Like, I, I don't think that that's crazy to say it was in the first half and they didn't even really have to try in the second half of this game all that much. It was really the first half. Everything was clean. Everything was sharp. Mahomes was just dealing and Andy Reed was getting guys open. They knew exactly what they had to do to beat this Pittsburgh Steelers defense and from the very first snap, it was nothing but the Kansas City Chiefs. After the Los Angeles Chargers were upset by the Houston Texans today, the Chiefs were not leaving Arrowhead Stadium without the AFC West crown. Yeah, I mean, the AFC West goes through Arrowhead year in, year out now. I think as long as Patrick Mahomes is the Chiefs quarterback and Andy Reid is the head coach, I think you can kind of expect this to kind of be the trend that continues. Um Andy Reid, I think, loves a challenge, and he was challenged this week more than any other week this season to be to be creative, you know, and to really come up with a game plan um, that was going to be effective against a pretty stout Steelers defense. Um, I know T.J. Watt wasn't 100%, but he was still really effective out there. But Andy Reid's play calling, spreading the ball out off the bat, really kind of negated a lot of the things that the Steelers like to do, and I think you just see what sets him apart from other head coaches and and why he's a Hall of Fame head coach. Also, we talked about that this week on show and BK like this is an Andy Reid game, right? Like if you feel like you know anything about the Kansas City Chiefs, you know anything about their Hall of Fame head coach like. Andy Reid loves games like this. Like Andy Reid enjoys coming into these games shorthanded sometimes because that's when Andy's like, well, I can dial things up. I can get, I can get real creative with this. I can get Michael Burton touches. I can get Patrick Mahomes to hit nine different receivers in the first half of a football game. And they needed this. Like, you know, it, it's going to be hard to replace the production that you get not having Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. We talked about this a lot on AP this week. Like this was the first time we were going to see Patrick Mahomes without Travis Kelsey. Cause Travis Kelsey does not miss football games. And the only time he had ever done it was his first career start when they rested all of their offensive starters because Mahomes was a rookie. And this was basically what I expected. Like we talked about it a lot headed into the game that this was going to be an Andy Reid special and Patrick Mahomes was going to do what he does. And there's still been some question marks around the offense 
here and there o- over the last month or so. And I, I felt I felt like we still hadn't really seen that like dominant game that we needed to see from this offense to say like, okay, they're back. This defense is playing at a lights out level and the offense can still go out and drop 40 points on you if they really need to. And now I'm back at that point. <laughs> like, and, and I needed this game. I needed this Travis Kelsey less game, I guess to, to get there. Because that, to me, this game said that Andy Reid is in playoff form. Like, Patrick Mahomes is in playoff form. The protection today was fantastic, and I understand T.J. Watt was on a limited snap count, and he's not 100% playing with cracked ribs, which I'm sure is an absolutely brutal injury to try to play through. But the offensive line was fantastic, and we saw some of that Mahomes magic that I feel like we've been missing this season at different times. No, 100% we saw some of that Mahomes magic. And I think one thing you know with this team is when games matter is when they really turn it on. And I think Andy knew that today mattered, you know, and I think that played into a little bit of his of his really dialing in his play calling and maybe pulling a couple of things out of – a couple of looks out of his bag that he hadn't done so far this year. Um, but, you know, big-time players have big-time games. Um, and I think Mitchell Schwartz on Twitter today had – had one of the most the best satire tweets I've seen in a while saying that uh, Travis Kelsey's probably has been what's hold, been holding back this offense, <laughs> obviously. And you should probably just see what you can get for him on the, on the trade market, you know, because because he's the thing that's holding this team back. Because you're right, it was the most complete offensive performance we've seen to date. And, you know, hats off to this offensive line um, in the second half coming out when they just need to move people and, and eat some clock and run the ball downhill after Clyde went out. I mean, they they were just moving bodies off the line and just running the ball at will there in the second half. Yeah, I, I think they needed this game in a lot of ways because we know how special Patrick Mahomes is. We know how special Tyreek is. We know how special Travis Kelsey is. But this season, I I think Mahomes has gotten into the bad habit at times of just looking at Kelsey, just looking at Tyreek. And and we've seen that with some of the offensive struggles where Mahomes was, okay, you got to get the ball out of your hands faster now. We don't have time for you to drift around in the pocket and and take these super deep dropbacks. So we're going to kind of change the offense up a little bit based on how defenses are playing us. And then that kind of led to what I've been calling like the overcorrection of him staring down his wide receivers, which he had been doing with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill a lot lately. And today was the first time in a long time I felt like, okay, they told Mahomes like, you can't stare them down. And maybe Tyreek Hill was, you know, I I know the Steelers were double teaming him a lot of the game. And there's something to be said for a a player just not practicing all, all week, especially being on the COVID list. And that kind of stuff. We don't know how that's going to affect them headed into this football game. So Tyreek Hill was active and you had the threat of Tyreek Hill. But I think there was an emphasis all throughout this week like, okay, Pat, we need you to do what you do. Like this is a game where we need you to go out and hit nine different pass catchers in the first half of a football game. Because we've seen him do this in years past where he really, really spreads the football around. And I think having to make that midseason offensive adjustment – kind of led to him staring down wide receivers a little bit, but it's all still there. He's still totally capable of doing it. And I think especially getting it out of the way this week, headed into a massive game next week against the Cincinnati Bengals, who went absolutely nuts today against the Baltimore Ravens. Like Joe Burrow threw for 525 yards today. It went absolutely crazy. The Bengals are a fun, young, offensive team. And the Chiefs are going to have to put up some points next week. And this was the perfect tune-up game for that. This was the perfect game to say, well, we don't have Kelsey. We just need Mahomes to go out and make plays, and we need guys to step up. And Byron Pringle certainly stepped up in this football game. So I'm really excited for that contest. I'm really excited that we finally got that game for this offense because I think they desperately needed it. Well, yeah, and you you mentioned a little bit about Mahomes staring down his receivers, you know, there's something to be said about being forced out of your comfort zone. And, you know, maybe Kelsey missing the game is actually the best thing that could have happened for Mahomes at this point, especially against this opponent, um, you know, where he, they're going to, they're going to double team Tyreek Hill out the back and Kelsey's not an option. So sorry, Mahomes, you got to look somewhere else. You got to find somebody else. 
um, and really just kind of like, you know, pushing them outside of that comfort bubble and saying, oh, yeah, I do still have these other guys out here. And I and they can make plays if we put the ball on them. Um, obviously, hats off to the rest of the receiving core. Um, Andy was running three, four wide receivers out there the entire game. And, you know, aside from a couple of drops by um, by Gordon, the rest of, you know, Miko and, and Byron Pringle specifically really stepped up in this game. I thought they had some really clutch plays and really, really, really dialed in and stepped up when the team was counting on them. So, I mean, hats off to the receiving team. Yeah, we do have to mention that Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he left – it was the first possession in the second half. He left with a shoulder injury or what we thought was a shoulder injury. And then it was later called a collarbone injury. He did not return. Um, I think there's some reason to worry there. We'll, we'll wait and see what the chiefs say uh, at their postgame press conferences. If there's any update there, or it may be something that we have to kind of wait till tomorrow once they can kind of dive deeper into what the injury could possibly be. But it looked like it was serious. Like when Clyde was walking to the locker room, his shoulder was kind of hanging and it kind of makes you like a little, a little worried that there might be a, a fracture or something going on there, which could mean that that Clyde is going to miss the rest of the season. Cause that's not something you can come back from uh, quickly, depending on the severity of it, but I don't want to speculate too much, but if the chiefs do have to play an extended amount of time without Clyde Edwards, Alaire, I, I think that you saw enough, especially in this game from Daryl and, and Derek Gore, that you'd be okay with them just having to move forward with those running backs. Yeah. I mean, I think especially um, Daryl, you know, he looked, I mean, Daryl's just a consistent guy. He, he's, he's a limited athlete, but he, he's, he's consistent. He, whenever his, his number's called, he comes through. Um, yeah. With Clyde, you don't want to speculate too much, but with a, a part of the body, like the collarbone, there's only, there's a limited number of injuries that you can have. It's not like it's a joint. It's not a, it's not a muscle that's soft tissue. You know, there's, there's really only a couple of things that can happen to a collarbone and none of them are, are good. If you, if you want to have a guy who can come back within the limited amount of time that's left in the season. Um, I will say Jarek McKinnon should be coming off the IR soon. If he hits hammies, right. Um, he should be eligible pretty soon. So hopefully that's somebody that can jump back in the mix and, and give us that third back that we're going to need for a playoff push. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel really confident though with Gordon, with Gordon Williams, there's no, there's no, I don't think I don't think the offense misses a beat with those two guys, you know, stepping in for Clyde. Yeah, I, I think Daryl, especially as a pass catcher, and the way they're starting to utilize those running backs, like we're seeing it consistently now. Like that is a part of the offense now, where it just simply wasn't early in the season. Mahomes is throwing to these running backs, and it's not just screens. Like they're utilizing Daryl Williams upfield regularly. And Daryl continues to make an impact like that. And then we saw the long pass play to Derek Gore as well. And that's something that the Chiefs offense hadn't done really since Kareem Hunt. I, I feel like maybe Damian Williams uh, got some of that too when he was still here. But it feels like it's been a while since we've seen those running backs consistently have those like upfield routes where they can actually make plays. Like Derek Gore had a 50 yard reception in this football game. And that's just another wrinkle that they've added. And so obviously huge win 36 to 10. It, it's hard to come out of that football game, not feeling fantastic about what the Kansas city chiefs did, but the optimism that I'm feeling right now is like, you look around the rest of the NFL and like, I know the Titans won on Thursday, the bills won today. Chargers got upset, but then you have your question marks about some of these other teams, like, especially in the AFC, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are dealing with a ton of injuries right now. We are, we're not really sure when Leonard Fournette and Mike Evans are going to be back. They lost Chris Godwin for the season. And then Shaquille Barrett actually left today's game with an injury. And I, I haven't seen an update on that yet, but the Bucs are really injured. Uh, the Packers are playing really, really well right now. And I think it is down to the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs as being the top two teams in the NFL. And I don't know if anybody else is even that close right now. No, I mean, it's not even close. There's not another team in the AFC that doesn't have huge question marks um, next to their next to their name. I mean, Indianapolis looks tough at times, but as long as Carson Wentz is your quarterback, do you really feel confident in him, you know, playing consistently throughout a playoff run and putting no. back-to-back big games up? You don't. Um, and, and, you know, Tennessee, as long as King Henry is out, 
they're vulnerable. And there's there's talk that he'll be back for a playoff run, but even then you wonder if they're rushing him back and if he's going to look the same when he comes back. Um, the Chiefs are the most complete team in the AFC right now. Now, the the you know the Packers they look good. They look good. They could they could give the Chiefs a run for their money um, in the Super Bowl. But I mean, yeah, it's just there's not another there's not another team on this half of the league that really strikes fear in you um, right now. I mean, it's, it's it just is what it is. The Chiefs the Chiefs are the ones that everybody should be scared of. And I, I want to talk about the defense here in a minute because they were fantastic uh, again today. But Rocky, remember where we were at early in the season when this team was three and four and I was hard on them, especially out of anybody on this post game show. I was hard on them because I just simply believe like this team is so much better than the way that they were playing early in the year. And I believed it and and i believed in it so deeply that i was like they just simply can't be this bad and so i was really frustrated with how they were playing early on in the season and they've answered that and all they've done is rattle off eight wins in a row and they're playing as good as any team in the nfl right now offensively and defensively and i do want to mention that tyron matthew did also leave this game with a quad injury uh we'll give you an update on that as soon as we have it my hope is that it was just a and we don't need you in the second half of this football game. Just hit the showers, rest up, get an ice pack, whatever you need to do. Just make sure you're good to go for next week. Cause we are going to need you next week, but we don't need you in this game. So we can go ahead and sit you for the rest of the football game. So we'll get an update on that here in a little bit, hopefully, but hopefully it's not a super serious injury for Tyron Matthew, but I, I don't know how you could come out of this football game. And I understand it's the Steelers and Ben is decrepit and, <laughs> just a barely functioning like corpse of a quarterback right now. But you have to feel good about that because the Pittsburgh Steelers are vying for a playoff spot and you just totally dominated them. Like you were just in a totally different class than that football team today. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even close and yeah. Old man winter was doing old man, Ben, no favors creeping into his bones and making him pretty rickety out there today. Um, But I mean, Hats off to Jerry Sneed coming back from a, a hard family situation. He shut down the entire half side of his field with the exception of that one, you know, PI call that he had. But I mean, I don't think Jerry Sneed gave up a yard after the catch all day long. They kept on trying to throw those, those wide receiver screens out to his side and he, and he shut them down every single time. And he, I mean, he was sniffing those things out, you know, left and right. And I mean, he was, he was the, the best player in the secondary today. I think hands down. Yeah, and to key back in on the defense, like they were dominant from the first series of the game. We knew coming into this that Pittsburgh's offensive line has been bad all season. Uh, they've and it doesn't help that Ben just simply can't move. <laughs> like he just cannot move anymore. And I, I think Steelers fans are kind of ready for Ben to call it quits, but. This was the performance you needed from the defense, uh, you know, and you didn't have Nick Bolton and, you know, cu- coming off of another game where your defense stepped up and you were shorthanded without Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed. Like it was just a totally dominant performance from them. And we were talking about it before the podcast started. The Steelers offense doesn't adjust because they can't. They understand mm-hmm. what the limitations of Ben Roethlisberger are at this point in his career. So everything is designed around the line of scrimmage because they know like, and we don't really feel comfortable with Ben dropping back too too much because he can't drop back very fast and he doesn't move very well. Now he also just doesn't have anything left in his arm. So he can't get a lot of pop on the football when he releases it. And so everything is around the line of scrimmage and they've been a bad offensive team all this season, but the chiefs are a particularly bad matchup when you cannot adjust for your line of scrimmage passing game because of Legarius need because of Tyron Matthew, because of Juan Thornhill, like their corners and their secondary members are all good tacklers for the most part. And, and Dan even gets in the mix and has been kind of freed up to be more of like that kind of roaming linebacker almost uh, in the way that Spags has been utilizing him lately. Like, the Chiefs are a tough team to try to play that way, and the Steelers simply can't adjust their offensive game plan, 
and it led to just total domination by the Chiefs up front. Yeah, I mean, what the Steelers want to do plays 100% into what Spags wants to do. He wants to he wants to play his 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 defensive backs up on the line of scrimmage and get hands on you and then send heat, you know, in a variety of different ways in the blitz. Um I you know, and as far as Big Ben goes, I I tweeted out at the time that uh Mike like Big Ben didn't throw that interception. Um, off the flea flicker, Mike Tomlin did because he never should have called that play. You know your quarterback can't make that throw anymore, and you had no business dialing up that play at, with that with the wind and arrowhead today, like it was. Um, but yeah, I mean the the front four won you know across the board multiple times. Jaron Reed had himself a game today. Um, Frank Clark, you know, was getting pressure off the edge. I mean, this was just a top-to-bottom defensive domination by a very good defense against a very, very limited offense. Um, and there was just – it was – the Steelers were outclassed from from the jump today. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs entered this game without Travis Kelsey, without Nick Bolton, and you know, Nick Bolton was coming off his best game as a professional where, like, it felt like in that game against the Chargers, he almost, like, made – a star turn. And, and then Rashad Fenton, who has been absolutely fantastic for them all season long. And they didn't have Harrison Butker or, or Tommy Townsend. Like there's something to be said for going into a football game that you needed to have to make sure you stay atop the AFC without your kicker and, and without your punter and without your hall of fame tight end and your star rookie linebacker. And then totally dominating that way. Like it, it speaks to the chiefs coaching. It speaks to the chiefs depth. Like, they are in a really, really good position right now to go on another run. And I, I'm at the point in the season where, again, I, I'm I'm looking around at every other team across the league, and I'm just like, man, I don't know. Like, Rodgers is playing about as good as anybody in the sport right now, and the Packers are playing really, really well. But I think when I look across the entire NFL, that's the only team I'm scared of at the moment. It is the Green Bay Packers because the Chiefs are playing so well defensively and the offense just did that today without Travis Kelsey. Like I understand playoff matchups are tough, but then you look at the AFC and you're like, okay, well, who, who's going to beat the Chiefs at the AFC? Uh, no, nobody that I can think of off the top of my head. I know they've lost the Titans. I know they've lost the bills, but like those teams aren't playing better than the Kansas City Chiefs are playing right now. No, the Chiefs are playing their best football when these other teams are playing some of their worst football. Um, and, I mean, just imagine if t- with today's defensive performance, if Nick Bolton was on the field. I mean, they might not have gained a single yard the entire game. I mean, I mean, the, it's it should be scary to the rest of the league that this is what the Chiefs looked like when they were missing numerous, numerous key positions. Um, and I think Mahomes before this game, he said, ah, no, no Tommy Townsend. All right. We just won't punt today. Then I'll just make sure that I move the ball up and down the field all day. And then we don't need a putter, you know? So, uh, but hats off to Elliot Fry for being the greatest Elliot kicker in the history of the chiefs organization and, you know, coming through, you know, when we really needed him in a, in a very difficult situation. Yeah, I don't blame those misses on him. Like, If you're in Kansas City, it is windy today. It is very windy outside. And we saw that affecting this game a little bit early on. Um, well, affecting Ben Roethlisberger, not really Patrick Mahomes, because Patrick Mahomes was still out there just throwing lasers all over the football field. But like Ben's velocity on his throws has deteriorated so much that like in perfect weather conditions, he's throwing ducks a lot of the time. And so today... He had some passes where it looked like the wind was just going to knock those things to the ground because Ben just has no velocity on his throws anymore. It is just ugly. And so, you know, the weather played a little bit into that, but there was no way the Steelers were going to put up a lot of points in this game. The Chiefs defense just knew exactly what they were going to do and knew exactly how to stop them. And then that Turk Wharton sack fumble, like it was just an exclamation point on the entire performance from this entire football game. And again, Ben, because he can't move, we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger here. 
he just simply can't move really anymore. <laughs> like he just walked right into the sack and just Tucker Horton just batted the football out of his hand. You mean you mean the Ben Roethlisberger's handoff to Turk Horton? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know that ended up with J- with Jaron Reed scooping it up. Yeah, um, I mean, you you almost it almost has reached the point with Big Ben where it's just kind of sad to watch. Like his passes have the velocity of a monarch butterfly. Um, trying to make their way downfield, just kind of fluttering gracefully in the wind. Yeah. Um, they and, look like they look like balloons, just like dancing yeah. in the wind. I mean, it's like you could put some like really like like classy classical music over his passes, and it'd probably be a really beautiful thing to watch, like the ending of American Beauty with that plastic bag just <laughs> whipping all around the wind. That's just put one of Ben Roethlisberger's passes up there, and it's the exact same thing at this point. Uh, he's been a great quarterback, but you got to know when to hang up your cleats, Ben. And that time was about, you know, what last year, week week ten of last year, and so. Oh, well, but we're here to talk about the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are the best team in football right now, and I cannot be prouder of of the adversity that this team has gone through. I mean, you want to talk about there's not a single team in football that's been through more adversity than this team heading in, you know, into the home stretch of this season. Yeah, well, and that's that's what makes them scary, too, is because while they face so much adversity early in the season and, and struggles and just could not seem to put it all together – this team has done all of this before. Like this team is the most experienced roster in the NFL right now, when it comes to making late season playoff runs and going to super bowls, because they've done it in back-to-back seasons. They've been to three straight AFC championship games. That experience matters in the NFL postseason, And I mean, that's why we saw Tom Brady. I know a lot of the circumstances aligned for Tom Brady over his career with new England, But that playoff experience matters. And that's why the Chiefs are a scary football team right now because of everything that they've gone through. And this was the first game I feel like, again, where I was like, okay, they're back. Like, it's it's all back. It's all still there. Everything that I thought was there before the season prior to the three and four start. Yeah, all that stuff's still there. So they might actually be a little bit better. <laughs> like, because the defense might actually be better than I thought it was going to be with the way Nick Bolton and Willie Gay have really improved and, and stepped up, the way Juan Thornhill has stepped in and had a huge impact. And we've seen Legarius Sneed develop into what looks like a legitimate star caliber cornerback. And then you talk about Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones dominance and and Jaron Reed stepping up, Melvin Ingram having a huge role on the defense and and Frank Clark finally looking like himself again. Like Frank got another sack today. Like this defense is better than I thought it was at this point. And I, I don't see how you could argue with it. No, I mean, if this defense is healthy, you look up and down, you know, the roster, there's not a single hole on this defense. There's not a single player on the Chiefs starting 11 where you feel uncomfortable about them lining up against anybody in the NFL. You name the best the best matchups in the NFL and I have you Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark. I got confidence that they can beat the best offensive line, the best set of tackles in the NFL. I got confidence that Jaron Reed and Chris Jones can beat the best the, the best center guard combos. I got confidence in all three of our linebackers. I don't think that that any wide receiver is going to come in and dominate Ward, Fenton, or Sneed, any of them. And and then you got Matthew and Thornhill on the back end. I mean, this is the type of team that other teams have to worry about playing against. This is a, this is a defense where it's 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 an elite unit at this point where they are a factor in a game and other teams have to try to scheme around our defense to try to make something happen because you're not just going to come in and play us straight up and beat us at this point. To one of our commenters, David, who says, I remember you guys complaining about how bad these guys were. Have I not been admitting that all show Rocky? Have I not been admitting that all show that yes, I was hard on them early in the season, but it was because as unfairly as our expectations were, were really high early in the season. Like they should have been. And we're seeing that now Because again, here we are through 16 weeks of the NFL season. The Chiefs now winners of eight in a row sit at 11 and four atop the AFC and they look like the best team in football. 
That yeah, was the and, expectation. And so it was perfectly fine to question that at three and four early in the season. And they've answered everything that we needed answered at this point. Yeah. And in our defense, I'll be the first to say I was very, very hard on them, very hard on Sorensen. You know, I said it didn't belong on the field ever again. I mean, keep the receipts, but they were playing very bad football at that point in time. They're playing very good football now. I will glad I'm glad that I was super wrong about this defense. Nobody's happier about being wrong about this defense than I am. But at the same time, Melvin Ingram helped unlock this front four because they pushed Chris Jones back inside. Nick Bolton was not getting meaningful snaps in the beginning. Willie Gay was injured. And then Thornhill was on the bench and Sorensen was getting off his snaps. So it's not like there hasn't been a bit of a defensive overhaul since the time when we were doom and gloom. Uh, Spagnuolo looked in the mirror and saw that the changes needed to be made and he made them. And it's turned out to work very, very well for him and this Chiefs team uh, moving forward. But yes, we were wrong. This team is the best in the AFC right now. Were they at that time? I don't think so, but they are now. And I also remember some fans calling for Spags to be fired after the first six weeks of the season. Like, yes, I understand. We were definitely hard on this team. Spags deserves all the credit in the world for admitting like, okay, I like leaning on the veteran guys, but the veteran guys are are making me look really bad early in the season. And he put his trust in the rookie players. And then, yeah, Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark getting healthy were huge, huge boosts for the defense. But Spags putting his trust in these young players, in Juan Thornhill, in Nick Bolton, in Willie Gay, in LeJarius Sneed, in Rashad Fenton, all of those guys have become huge, huge key contributors to this defense and the turnaround that they have had over the second half of the season. And that was probably hard for Spags because he generally doesn't do that. Like we've seen that with him throughout his entire career. He doesn't like leaning on young players like this because he runs a complicated defense and they like to change things up and they like to throw blitzes and different looks at you and, and stuff. And so that's why he doesn't do that usually but he admitted his faults. He did it. And it totally transformed the defense to the point where you're like, okay, like the defense might be better than the offense. Like the defense might be the best part of this football team now. And so it took some growing. And that's why, again, I'm so happy that we got this type of performance today because it's been a long time coming, Rocky, especially for us. We've done a lot of these post-game shows, man. And it, this performance has been a long time coming, and I'm absolutely thrilled for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, 100%. And I'll tell you, the person who should be happiest about um, a lot of this is Dan Sorensen. Uh, I think uh, Juan Thornhill taking his starting job might have been the best thing that ever happened to him because now Spags gets to use him how he really wants to use him is situa- situa- situationally. Um, near the line of scrimmage, like you saw last week when he broke up that fourth down uh, pass. Like, that's where Dan Sorensen really, really succeeds. Um, and so, yeah, we've done a lot of these. And listen, I couldn't be happier. This is this is the Chiefs team that we've been waiting to see, that we were waiting to see. And it's going to be a fun ride the rest of the way. Yes. Make sure you're locked into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network all throughout the week. Uh, Of course, we will have plenty of coverage for you as the Chiefs turn their attention towards the Cincinnati Bengals in what is going to be a huge matchup next week against a team that can put up some offensive points of their own. So it's going to be a tough test for that Chiefs defense next week. Uh, Please make sure that you're following Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magani. I'm Steven Sir. That's where you can find me. We do ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. If you're listening on the podcast and you'd like to listen to the Chiefs postgame press conferences, make sure you stick around immediately after the show. Have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, I'm assuming Byron Pringle, and anybody else the Chiefs throw up there. We'll have all of that immediately after this podcast. And make sure Monday afternoon, out of structure, Ron Kopp, Matt Stagner, they will break down the entire Chiefs performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers for you. Answer some of your Twitter questions in the Chiefs mailbag. That's coming up on Monday afternoon on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Chiefs again atop the AFC West. Sixth consecutive season. They are AFC West champions atop the AFC with an 11-4 record. Headed to Cincinnati next week. We'll see how it goes. We're excited. We're pumped for it. And the Chiefs are playing their best football at the best time of the year. 
Rocky, Merry Christmas. Hope you guys enjoyed your Christmas. Let's get into the new year with another Chiefs win. We'll talk to you guys soon. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fresh off the Chiefs' dominating win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs owner Clark Hunt, wide receiver Byron Pringle, wide receiver McCole Hardman, and linebacker Anthony Hitchens. We will go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes, then Clark Hunt, then Byron Pringle, then wide receiver McCole Hardman, and then linebacker Anthony Hitchens. Really, uh, just the two, two injuries. Our uh, Clyde, um, who hurt his shoulder, we'll just see how bad um, it is tomorrow. Um, um, and then the Badger um, has a knee contusion or a quad contusion, I guess it is. And so um, he came out to the end there. Um, that's my hat goes off to the fans. Uh, what a great job they did right from. Right from the coin flip on, I mean they were they were loud. So uh, we appreciate all of that and and more. So um, listen, I want to just mention the kickers, uh, or, or Fry the kicker, and and then Townsend the punter uh, for the job that they did. And uh, that's not it, it's never automatic, even with all the time spent with the with the center and. and the holder and the, and the kicker. Um, but these guys, they came out and did a great job of um, making it look easy. Uh, not such an easy thing, but they, they really did a nice job. Uh, I've, offensively, defensively, and special teams were all clicking. Uh, the coordinators, the coaches, um, you know, the, the players were phenomenal. And that's the way they were all week. They came in with great energy. Uh, and and just play their tail off. I mean, I mean, I can go from Ward on down through with one-handed interception was phenomenal. I mean, all the way through this thing. Um, you know, Pat again having a good day. The defensive line having a great day. The secondary, the linebacker. I mean, everybody kind of put it together and did great. The, uh, the offensive line, wide receiver. So it was just a it was a nice day all the way around against a good football team. I mean, you play play a Mike Tomlin football team, um, you know it's going to be full of grit and determination. And so our guys, um, yeah, I thought they did a nice job uh, working with that today, and and uh, we end up coming out on the on the best end of the stick on this one. And um, so happy for everybody. I'm yours. First to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, um, I know you have bigger goals, but just wanted to see what um, what kind of um, prize it is to win another AFC West championship. And uh, Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, so listen, we don't take any of those uh, experiences for granted at all. Um, I know we get a free T-shirt, but in a hat, but, um, there's a lot of uh, sweat that goes into this, uh, a lot of effort pushing through things that you normally don't have to push through to get to work and um, both mentally and physically. And so I'm proud of our guys for how they handled it, proud of the coaches for how they handled it. And uh, it's a great, great honor. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll enjoy it here for a day or two. And then uh, we'll, we got to get on to a real good Cincinnati team. So um, next week. Okay. And um, you, um, 
played without Kelsey, obviously, today. And for a while, at least, uh, to, it looked like Tyreek might not play. Did Pat didn't play like it today, but did you have to talk to him about maybe fighting the temptation this week to try to do too much? You know what? This was really – it's, it's going to be underscored here, I know, but this is one of his great games. Uh, uh, and he only played two and a half quarters. Um, uh, but the thing – the way he was seeing things and – handling himself out there against uh, one of the better pass defenses in the national football league. I, I, I just, uh, you know, my hat goes off to him, but he, he never flinched with, you know, he wanted the guys there. I mean, those are two good football players. So, but he never flinched on it. He got in and got work done during the week with the, with the receivers that, um, that, that stepped in. So I, you know, we were confident that if we, if we didn't have Tyreek, um, and then we didn't have Kels, but if we didn't have either one of them, that we'd still uh, be efficient. And we had the run game too. So um, both runners, I thought, did a real nice job today. Uh, really, all three runners actually played well. Go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, you mentioned be, still being efficient um, without Kels. Uh, two questions here for you. How big of a how big was it for a guy like Byron Pringle to have the game that he had today in the absence of Kelsey? Yeah, listen, I was uh, um, I joke him all the time that we're gonna get a commercial going here with for Pringles. You know, I mean, he's uh, he's done a heck of a job. How many masks do you have on, Herbie? Holy Toledo, huh? My goodness, you know, suffocate yourself. Um, Double layer coach. All right, I got you. So, um, but listen, I, he did a, a great job. He had the drop, the one drop, but I don't know, you seven for eight, whatever it was, whatever that stat was, um, and just did a, a tremendous job there. We'll go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, coach. The, the first touchdown that, that Pringle had, um, it, it seemed like it was just a, a complete team touchdown uh, with the, the protection that the offensive line provided, but Mahomes having the patience and the receivers just continuing to try to find their way open. I mean, as a coach, what do you think when you see a play like that? That just that's, that has so many elements that require it to, to happen. I love that, Matt, like a big piece of prime rip, man. That's that's how we we get excited with it. So that's uh, when everybody's working together, uh, you're tough to stop. So you know what a piece of prime rib tastes like, don't you? Yeah, you and I do both do. So, all right. All right, we got four left. We'll go right down the line, starting with Sam McDowell. Good, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, you obviously are missing two-star guys today, and it's easy to see why when those guys are in the lineup, you target them a lot. And, heck, when you don't, we ask you why you don't target them more. But with the game plan this week, not knowing what numbers you'd have in there, was there any benefit at all to, to the way the plays were, were run smoothly, that it was just, hey, just go out and run the offense and don't worry about who's catching it? Yeah, so listen, I, I thought the coaches did a nice job of putting it together that way. EB heads that up and um, just keeping it real for the guys that had a chance to, to step in and, and play and, um, and play fast. So um, he, he manages that whole thing, and when it starts feeling heavy, then he just he backs off some things. So um, the guys responded and did a nice job with it. Go next to Vahe. Goodbye. Hey, Andy. Um, I, I know you've got the uh, next man up mentality going all the time, but that was a lot of next man up. And uh, I, I just wondered, how can you account for really such a seamless a seamless game with, with so many guys out? Yeah, the guys all play together, which I, I don't think uh, you can avoid talking about that, the, the team aspect of it. Um, just, uh, you know, I was proud, most proud of that part on both sides of the ball, special teams, um, supporting each other. I mean, everything wasn't perfect, but they, uh, they supported each other when there was a problem, something didn't work. Um, nobody was pointing fingers or any of that. They just, everybody hung together and it's a real good team effort. And I know, you, I know you'll say, obviously you can get better, but how much do you feel like you're kind of hitting peak stride right about now yeah so i mean we played well today but it, this league is so up and down right now by uh, it's it's crazy so uh you got to be spot on every week 
Um, we've obviously got a lot riding here, so um, every game means something to us, and and um, we've got to be we've got to be even sharper, keep keep increasing, and, and um, you know the play. So we're gonna we're gonna work on that. But we're going to enjoy this one, but the first, and then we're going to start working on that. S two, Pete, and then Nate. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Coach, you alluded to it in your opening statement, but it really felt like Pat's comfort was palpable uh, in this game, and and in a sense, he was in the zone. And I, I was curious, how much do you think that had to do with this confidence that he's gaining in the offensive line? And and sort of the question with Matt was, and on that touchdown, he was just really well protected. How much do you think that he, that the comfort is coming from the offensive line and, and its play? Yeah, listen, I think they all know each other better. Right? Uh, that's so important for a quarterback, just moving, just the little subtle movements in the pocket against a three technique, right? <laughs> Things like that. So how are you going to move yourself and still may, be able to make a viable throw for a receiver to catch and, and not hurry your feet or do any of that, not knowing exactly what the guys up front are going to do. So he, he's, uh, he's worked extremely hard on that. His relationship with those guys is unbelievable. Those guys have worked extremely hard on that with their consistency. We've got a couple of young guys in there, um, and they've worked themselves through some of those rough early stretches and, and have done a nice, real nice job. So it's been, been good that way. I'm going to last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy, I know Tyreek was a early addition this week, but I just wonder what it was like for you at practice to sort of try to decide how much he would play if given the opportunity, and how did you think the operation went with him uh, playing without obviously practicing this week? Yeah, so I just tried to talk to him, Nate, to, uh, during the game. EB talked to him. Um, we just wanted to keep the communication open. We talked to Joe Blameyer, who's his coach, uh, did the same thing, even though he was upstairs. Connor uh, is downstairs and working with him, so um, on the field. But we, we just we try to keep open communication there and, uh, and wanted him, when he was playing, to be as fresh as he could be for not having practice all week. But listen, he, I, I, he's – He's a phenomenal athlete, um, not only speed uh, and quickness, but also endurance. And so it knocked him down for a little bit, but he sure bounced back fast and that goes off to him. Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining okay. us. Thank you. Patrick, I asked Andy some form of this, but uh, obviously all week you guys practiced not knowing exactly what receivers were going to be available um, was there any sort of benefit at all of, of, I mean, obviously you want those guys on the field, right? But was there any benefit of just playing the offense and not worrying about who, who you were targeting, but, but just going with, with, with the flow there? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any, uh, benefit from it. I think it was just, we just, we went through our reads the same way. Uh, we put guys in position, uh, in position to succeed. Um, and they stepped up and made those plays happen. I mean, uh, a lot of those routes sometimes are Tyreek or sometimes are Travis, and they, they seem like they're always making plays happen. Um, we, threw, we threw guys like Pringle, guys like McColl, guys like Noah into those positions, and they made plays happen um, and kind of filled that role the best they could. And then I realized that you said on Wednesday that you didn't want your preparation to change because those guys may or may not play. Did it really work out that way? I mean, not even minor things changed throughout your game planning this week? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I just went through my preparation like I usually would. Um, in this league, you're not going to have your every one of your guys every single week. So guys have to step up. Um, and that's why we built the receiving room. We built the tight end room. And then we built the running back room the way we've built it. It's so that whenever guys get their opportunities, they can step up and make plays happen. Um, and so I'm just going to go through the reads. I'm going to find the open guy. And uh, we have a lot of good players in this team that are going to make plays happen. Thanks to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick. Uh, seems like I'm asking you this every year now. But uh, another AFC champ, uh, West Championship for you. Do you uh, still have, I know you have bigger goals, so do you still have a, a real appreciation for that? And, and Brad will have a second question as well. Yeah, well, I do 100%. I mean, uh, this year as much as any. I mean, if you look at the AFC West, I mean, every team's still battling for a playoff spot. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a tough division that you have to go in with the mindset of we have to win the AFC West divisional game to get where we want to be at. Um, and so to be able to win the AFC West, kind of win that, get that first goal. I mean, obviously, like you said, we have we have more goals that we want to go after, but this was the first one. And uh, to take this step, uh, we got to build that momentum in, into the playoffs and try to make a run at it. Yeah. Okay. And um, 
it uh, obviously Travis didn't play today, and it looked for a while at least this week that like Tyreek wouldn't play. I know he didn't practice all week. Did you have to fight the temptation at all this week and, and today in particular not to do too much? Try to um, do too much? I, I, not really. I mean, I think I fought that temptation this this entire season. I mean, the defenses are playing us with these high shell coverages, and they're they're making us drive the full length of the field. And it's kind of built us for these moments where we've had a we've had to drive the length of the field. We've had to put together long drives like we did in the first quarter uh, and find a way to get a touchdown at the end of it. And then um, I think guys have accepted the challenge of it, um, knowing that we still have the big strike offense that we've always had. Um, but if defenses are going to make us drive the entire length of the field, we're going to go through the offense and uh, make it happen. Next to Pete Sweeney. Go Pete. Patrick, you looked uh, as in the zone maybe as you have all season. Andy Reid kind of acknowledged this is one of your better performances of the year. What do you think maybe uh, clicked an extra gear um, in this in this game in particular that that you were feeling it, uh, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's just uh, continuing to try to get better and better. I mean, um, I feel like even in the last few games, there's still throws here and there that I've been missing, and Coach Reed's been preaching with me to – to kind of work on the fundamentals and get back to get back to who I know I can be. And uh, today we had a good day of that, but uh, we can't be satisfied with that. We still have a long, long way to go. I'm going to continue to work on those fundamentals, continue to try to be better and better. Um, and, and when the offensive line's blocking like they are, it does make it a, a little bit easier for you. We'll take two more. We'll go to Nate Taylor and then Vahe. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick, there was one play where you scrambled and you pointed, I think, at Derek Gore to go deep. Just wonder, can you explain how you know where you are on the field and how much uh, time you have before you get to the line of scrimmage to make such throws like that? Yeah, I, uh, um, I was really almost getting ready to run, and at the last second, I saw uh, DG running out, kind of running down the sideline, and I just put it out there for him. Um, I just tried to extend the play. I, I realized that I'm not the fastest guy, so I, it's usually a better option to get it to the fast guys and let them run. So. I can run and get first downs, but usually when you want touchdowns and big plays, you, you find ways to get it to those speed guys, and uh, they do a great job of getting themselves open. The last of Bahe. Go ahead, Bahe. Hey, Patrick, two, two quick things. One is just I wonder if you could describe how much different it feels to work with this O-line now than it did at the start of the season. Then I have just one more quick thing. Yeah, um, I mean, whenever you're with a group of guys uh, for that long, I mean, you understand uh, what they're doing. You, you get a feel for how they're blocking guys. You get a feel for where the pocket is, where you can sort of step up and find and find kind of reset in the pocket to find another throw. Um, and I think they, they've gotten a feel for me. They understand how to change how they block um, versus how I drop. And um, I mean, obviously with those young guys in the, in, the, in the middle there, they've gotten more and more reps. They've seen more and more stuff. So they've obviously gotten better and better. And uh, we got a lot of talented guys up there and it could be a real strength for us going into the playoffs. And then the other thing is just about um, Byron Pringle's day and what, what it is about him that uh, you think has allowed him to emerge as a, as a pretty trusted target of yours. Yeah, I think it's just he's – I just think he plays really hard. I mean, at the end of the day, I think he just goes out there and he, he kind of puts it all out there. He does what his job is. He understands his role in the offense. Um, and then whenever he needs to make a play, he seems like he's made, he makes plays. And uh, another, another thing, he doesn't get down on himself. I mean, you look at the play he almost made over the middle – um, which would have been a heck of a catch. I and mean, it seems like the next play, he makes another play every single time. And uh, he's a guy that uh, loves football. He loves being out there and uh, someone that will be a big part of our offense going forward. Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hey, Clark, can you hear us okay? Uh, yeah, I sure can. We are ready whenever you are. Okay. Uh, just start by congratulating uh, the team and the coaching staff on a tremendous afternoon uh, great performance all the way around uh, by all three units and of course uh, clinching uh, the division title uh, the sixth straight time uh, that we've done so uh, with Andy as our head coach uh, just a tremendous job by him his coaching staff in what I know was a very challenging week from a coaching perspective we'll go first to Herbie Teope go to Herbie Hey, Clark, you mentioned uh, clinching the division with six straight years. And as a man who appreciates history, what does it mean to you when you think about that six straight ASC West division titles? Yeah, well, as I think back over uh, the last 15 or so years, I, I remember in those early years uh, being excited in a year where we were in the running to win the division and uh, never thought about winning the division five or six times in a row. Uh, in part because no AFC West team has ever done that. Uh, we became the, the first uh, to do it today. 
uh, just a tremendous accomplishment all the way around. Uh, lots of credit uh, to be spread uh, around the team and the coaching staff and the entire organization. We'll take two more. We'll go Adam. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Clark. Um, you, you talked, congratulations, by the way. Um, you talked a minute ago about how what a challenging week it was for, for Andy and the coaching staff in particular. What did you see from him and the, and the coaching staff this week that sort of allowed them not just to, to handle this and get through the week, but for you guys to play as well as you did tonight? Yeah. <clears throat> well, this is the type of week uh, where uh, it's so great to have an experienced coach uh, like Andy Reid, somebody who is so steady, uh, somebody who has seen virtually everything uh, that the NFL can throw at, throw at them, although I know this week was something different. Um, and, and Andy mentioned that, you know, that he was, you know, this was a different challenge. Uh, but uh, his preparation is so thorough, his staff's preparation is so thorough, uh, that they were able to get the guys who were able to play uh, ready. And I uh, thought they came out, you know, right from, from moment one and, and played one of their best games of the season. And we'll go last to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Clark. Congratulations also. Um, sort of along the lines of what Adam asked, but I wonder if you could go back to when you guys were three and four and how much you were churning over what, what you thought this team could be and what you think you've seen change to – get it to where it is now? Well, well, I think we were all scratching our heads to some degree uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, we'd seen some really positive things from uh, the offense. They'd moved the ball up and down the field, but we'd uh, failed to convert a lot of those opportunities in large part because we were giving the ball away. Uh, for some reason, the defense was having a hard time uh, getting on the same page. We were making mistakes, which we had not seen. Uh, over the last couple of years. And then in the middle of this year, it all came together with uh, the defense starting to play better. And that's really just continued on a week by week basis. And then I think over the last month, we've seen the, the offense uh, get back to the, the, the type of offense that we're used to seeing uh, with uh, Andy and Patrick working together um, I, I thought their, their performance today was, uh, you know, uh, among the best I've seen this year. I thought Patrick was, was right on point. Uh, just a great job of, of him working with the offensive line and the receivers that we had, had available. Uh, the running game was strong. And uh, I, I don't want to miss uh, giving a shout out to our fans. Uh, you know, in terms of a game right after Christmas Day, um, it was great to, to see so many uh, Chiefs fans here in red, and it had to be one of the loudest games that I can remember this year. So uh, credit to the fans for also bringing it today. Hey, Byron, I uh, wonder if you could take us through that first touchdown because that was a play that originally certainly wasn't designed that way. Um, but Mahomes had a lot of time to find you, and you ran around. What did you see on that play, and, and what did you do to get open? Uh, I, I was just bouncing in one spot, went from the rollout uh, left or right, and he rolled left, and I just tried to get in the quarterback view. And, you know, playing with Pat, you got to stay alive. So that's what I did. Go next to Herbie Tioki. Go ahead, Herbie. Ima, Byron, how you doing tonight? Ima, Ima, how you doing? Hey, I'm well, thanks. And Merry Christmas to you as well. Obviously, a lot of unknown entering this week, but what, how, how did you mentally prepare yourself knowing that this game – could have uh, you could be without Travis Kelsey and even maybe Tyree Hill, but he was there. But so, what did you do mentally? Uh, me, uh, like Coach said, just get in the playbook and uh, be ready to take advantage of your opportunity that comes your way. So, I was just trying to come out and uh, no pressure on myself, just take advantage of my opportunity and and play and just have fun with it while I'm doing it. Next to Lila, what Lila? Hey, Byron, being able to, you know, have the first, um, you know, two touchdown, multiple touchdown day of your career, just, you know, what does that mean to you as a guy who, you know, went undrafted and, you know, had to work your way up from, you know, the practice squad and to have the role you're having this year? Uh, just don't never give up on yourself. Uh, just keep working, keep grinding. Don't look who in front of you, who who behind you, who on the side of you. Just keep going day in, day out. And had I wanted no mentality, just win. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Byron, uh, without Travis and without Tyreek at practice this week, 
any do you notice anything different about Pat? Was he more focused or dialed in than normal or just the same old Pat? Uh, he was just the same old Pat, you know, uh, communicating with the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs. Just wanted us to go out there and, and just have fun while we're doing it. Nothing too serious. Uh, just just go out there and take advantage of the opportunity. That way he was just preaching to us all week, just take uh, full advantage of the opportunity that's given to us. And he said that before the game as well. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Byron, similar question, Lila. This is obviously one of the better games of your career. Um, what's the key when, when you have guys in front of you, like maybe you did, to, to staying patient? How do you have such a knack uh, for remaining patient and kind of letting this type of game come to you? Oh, man. See, I fish a lot, and you never know when the fish going to bite the bait. So it teach you patience, you know. Uh, uh, just go in and grind. Don't look who in front of you. As long as we come out with that dub at the end of the game, that's all that matters to me as a player. And as uh, as a teammate, just as long as we win and uh, and I executed my 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 plan and, and and took advantage of the opportunity that was given to me, I'm okay with it. So, and we'll go last back to Herb. What Herbie? Hey Brian, I can't help but notice your shirt. It seems like it seems like it reads Chiefs Run the West. Okay, what does that mean to y'all? I mean, obviously, six straight AFC West division titles. So, what is the overall mood in the locker room, and then how how pumped up are y'all right now? Man, we pumped, man, because you know the coaches put in a lot of hard working hours, the players put in a lot of hard working hours in the off season, and and I love when they come together as one, and we keep succeeding, to keep winning games day in uh, every weekend, and uh, how we how we uh, attack the week. You know, we go in hard work. You know, and uh, just smiling and, and executing the plays and and take advantage of the opportunities. Byron, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. What does it mean for the offense when when you know you're missing a guy like Travis Kelsey and you know uh, Tyreek Hill? His, his his status was questionable coming into the weekend, but you guys seem to rally today uh, yourself and, and Byron Pringle with big games. So, what does that say about the collective group? Uh, just next man up. Um, I think we got a, a plenty of talent in our receiver room, um, in a tight end room. Um, we got a great quarterback in Pat, um, great coaches. So it's just, you know, up to us to, you know, fill in those voids and those places and those spots on the field and just do it the um, best way we can. So, um, you know, when a guy like Travis go down, like I said, it's next man up and we just got to, you know, go from there. We're next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Nicole, simple one for me. I just was wondering if you could describe uh, the touchdown play and just how confident you were that um, you had gotten over the pylon even when they were maybe questioning it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It, I, I felt like I was over the, you know, over the goal line, and um, but uh, it was it was definitely close for sure. I, I really didn't know until I seen her, you know, the official, you know, give me the touchdown call. And I'm like, all right, bet. And then they like, oh my, I got there. I'm like, oh. Don't take it away from me like that. Don't take the touchdown away from me. But um, overall, it was a touchdown, so it was good to get back in the end zone. So um, overall, good play. We'll go two more. We'll go Nate and then Harold. Go ahead, Nate. Nicole, I just wanted to ask you, what led you to believe that you guys were going to play so well during practice this week? What did you, what could you tell from the guys and from yourself about how you guys were preparing that would give you the confidence to perform this well? I mean, you know, you know, coming to practice knowing, you know, Tyreek might be out or Trav might be out. You got to take a different mindset and um, prepare better than you used to prepare. And um, I think we went out there at practice this weekend. We was, you know, preparing the best way we can and um, and just doing everything necessary to be ready for the challenge, you know, ahead of us on, on the Sunday or the day. And um, I think we took that challenge on very well and and, um, and did the best we could do. And, you know, we came out to win. So the last to Harold Coons. But Harold. McCole, two quick questions. One, just winning the division, considering you guys were at three and four at one point, what, how much does that mean to you guys? And then also just how difficult was it dealing with this week, knowing that you had to come in, knowing some people might be in, knowing some people might be out. How how was that? How did you handle that? I'll answer your first question. Um, it's just um, one of our goals on our list that we want to accomplish. You know, the first goal always is to win the AFC West, and um, that's what we did today. And, um, and then we got more goals we want to accomplish down the road. So um, that's just one of the goals that we needed. And um, this week in practice was just, you know, like I said before, it's, it's a different preparation because once you got two of your guys that's maybe not going to be, uh, be able to play or, you know, going to be inactive, it's, you know, you got to take a different mindset and going into the game because it's going to be plays that need to be made and it's going to be catches that need to be caught. And, um, and we, you know, we got to be the people to do that. Like me, myself, uh, me, Pringle, uh, D-Raw, uh, Kemp, like whoever's in there, we wanted to make those plays. And um, I think we did a good job in preparing for this game and, and 
when our number called, you know, have a good game like Pringle did today, you know, six catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, had a hell of a day. Cool. We appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Anthony, uh, a couple things. Um, first, you know nothing but AFC West championships since you've been here. I mean, uh, I know you guys have bigger goals, but what kind of uh, achievement is this for you guys, particularly given where you started? And Brad, again, I'll have a second question. Yeah, I mean, it means a lot. Anytime you uh, want to get to your goals at the end of the year, this is the first step. So uh, uh, this is the first step for our organization and, and our team. So uh, yeah, uh, we're not we're not done. We're not satisfied. Uh, enjoy this one tonight like it was any other week and then time to turn the page. Okay, and uh, also, um, you, I noticed you're, I, I know you're on the other side of the ball from Pat, but did you notice anything different? You seem really focused today. You notice anything different about him during the week or, or today at all? Uh, no, not really. It's the same old. Pat's always focused and uh, endowed. And uh, I, I know or probably early in the week or even later in the week, he didn't know if he's going to have all his weapons or whatnot. I'm not sure if that played a part or not. But uh, Pat's always locked in and focused. You know, that's our, that's our guy. That's our quarterback. Uh, I didn't expect anything less from him. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Anthony, uh, you got the best view of this. I'm, I'm just curious to your thoughts on just how relentless the, the front four has been for y'all and, and how much that is leading to uh, a better defense all around. Yeah, uh, our front four has been dominating. Uh, the easier, uh, I mean, the more they dominate, just the easier for everybody else. We could sit back and uh, too high and uh, don't have to bring eight guys in a box. Uh, we don't have to pressure as much when those four guys are, and they're about, about eight or nine of them because they rotate a lot. Uh, but when those guys are dominating you know, up front, it makes our job easier and we can just sit back and play too deep and, you know, and, and win games like this. So when those guys are playing well, it, it definitely helps our defense and our team. Next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Anthony, I have two quick questions for you. Um, what did you think you learned about the coaching staff this week, having to go through so much shuffling uh, to get you guys prepared and maybe what led to their success? And why did you think you guys uh, sort of came out the game so so good against the Steelers, considering um, what you guys are dealing with this week? Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's just coaches. Uh, at the end of the day, players got to play. Uh, there's a lot of guys that stepped in and did what they were supposed to do. Uh, I wouldn't sit here and say it's all coaches or players. I think there's a combination of everyone uh, putting in the work to uh, – to get this win. So, um, yeah, I mean, young, some young guys played, some guys played out of position in different positions, but we, we came together as a team. So uh, it's not really one, you know, one thing or other. I think it's more us, us as a team coming together and getting this win. Mitch, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys.